0: This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.
1: Coming your way next on Health Matters, we'll discuss hypertension or high blood pressure. We'll see why many doctors call it the silent killer.
2: I've changed my lifestyle according to the doctor's wishes and with the support of my wife, and I can't emphasize that too strongly, with her help, I've survived.
1: Learn how you can beat high blood pressure. It might not be as tough as you think. Plus, some disturbing questions about a common way to diagnose colon cancer. These stories and more, next on Health Matters. Health Matters is brought to you as a community service by the Stanford University Medical Center.
0: Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Moore. Welcome to Health Matters. On this edition, the topic is hypertension, more commonly called high blood pressure. It's probably more dangerous than you think, but it can be controlled. With us here in the Bay Area, Dr. Gary Gibbons. He is a cardiologist at Stanford University Medical Center. And to help in our discussion today, also meet Dr. Cesar Molina. He is a cardiologist at Stanford University Medical Center as well, and you'll want to hear what he has to say on this subject. But first today, most of you have probably had your blood pressure taken. This quick painless test should look pretty familiar. Blood pressure is measuring the flow of blood as it moves through veins and arteries. It's similar to water flowing through a hose. If you crimp the hose, you increase the pressure. Contrary to popular belief, high blood pressure or hypertension often has little or nothing to do with emotional tension. Instead, it happens when your arteries become stiff and your heart has to work harder to pump blood the increased pressure damages the arteries and can lead to all kinds of health problems including heart disease stroke and kidney damage for some hypertension is a path to disaster but for two brothers hypertension is a challenge one that they have met and mastered in very different ways alan lagarde reports
2: one of the most important things i could, i check is the uh... prop
3: Joe Brigado's plane is his passion. Take a ride with Joe and you can see the joy. When he's in the air, he's literally on cloud nine. He flies his Grumman two-seater all over the country. For Joe, there's no fear of flying, but there was a fear of not being able to fly.
2: If my hypertension would have continued, where I had to take high doses of medication, then I would have been grounded.
3: You see, there was a time when Joe had to squeeze into the cockpit. He got up to 240 pounds, and as his weight ballooned, his blood pressure went sky high. Joe's hypertension was discovered during a periodic physical required of all pilots. The disease has no symptoms, so the physical helped bring a potentially dangerous situation to life. The problem is that federal officials often frown upon pilots with high blood pressure. So
2: I was at the point where either had to to get it back, you know, started reducing it, or I would have, uh, flying would have been uh, history.
3: Joe picked up a new hobby, healthy living. That is nothing but good stuff. Now Joe pays attention to labels. He knows that even low-sodium tomato sauce has more salt than he wants in his diet. He also stopped eating fat. And he started exercising. Joe lost about 80 pounds. This is what he looked like just a couple years ago. Now at age 64, he weighs the same as he did when he played baseball in college. And the hypertension is under control without drugs
4: that's right he was certainly hypertensive uh, at the beginning of this episode by the end of his weight loss he had normal blood pressures as measured by him at home with his home blood pressure monitoring device and
3: in the clinic as well joe still eats a lot it's just that he eats the right foods well you just can't eat the the garbage food that you know you think you just love joe took a freedom from fat class to learn more about food his wife, Rita, also took the class to learn how to cook the big Italian meals Joe loves and still gets to eat. The
2: bottom line is that uh, if you learn to eat this stuff, you don't feel like
3: you're on a diet. So you haven't had to give up all your favorite foods?
2: No, you're, uh, I've never been hungry. I'm going to tip him
3: right there. This is Tony, Joe's older brother. The two have a lot in common. They're both retired, they both play golf, and they both outlive their father. Who died at age 57 after three strokes both brothers seem to have inherited hypertension they even go to the same doctor but what worked for Joe doesn't work for Tony
2: I've tried to change my habits tried to, over the years tried to change my eating habits my smoking habits and my alcohol habits and consequently I'm living with it
3: now you've changed all those things but yet you still have to take medication of course, I
2: take medication every day and a half for the last 23 years.
3: It's rare that doctors can pinpoint a specific cause of hypertension, and that's one reason people respond differently to treatments. The Brigado brothers are proof of that. Two brothers, fairly close in age, both have hypertension, yet one needs medication and one does not.
4: Well, the genetics of uh, hypertension isn't so clearly worked out that we can predict, in any case, uh, who, who is likely to get blood pressure elevation. We simply know that it's frequent.
2: As far as I know, the doctors told me that I'll probably have to be on uh, medication for hypertension uh, forever.
3: uh, Joe doesn't have to take any.
2: At this point in time, no. Joe has been taken off the medication, and uh, he's done a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. And as you know, what he's done, and the way he's done it, is just about a miracle. Not everybody can do this.
3: While Joe has exercised and dieted his way to a lower blood pressure, a healthier lifestyle hasn't been enough for Tony. He watches what he eats and spends plenty of time on the golf course and the fitness trail, but Tony still needs pills to control his blood pressure.
2: Everybody's different. I do what the doctor says. and um, For 23 years I've been on medication and no ill effects uh, from the medication or from my lifestyle. I've changed my lifestyle according to the doctor's wishes, and with the support of my wife, and I can't emphasize that too strongly, with her help, I've survived.
3: The Brigado brothers have done more than survive. They've done whatever it takes to make themselves healthy, and life itself is the reward. This is Alan Lagarde reporting.
0: Welcome back to Health Matters. Now, let's take a look at some items from the fact file on hypertension. This chronic condition affects Americans of all ages, races, and nationalities. A total of 50 million people over the age of six. And a recent nationwide survey showed that 20% of patients diagnosed with high blood pressure do not know how serious this disease is. Here to help us in our discussion on the causes and dangers of hypertension, Dr. Gary Gibbons. He is a cardiologist at Stanford University Medical Center. Doctor, thank you for being with us today. We talked about it a little bit in the feature piece, but elaborate on exactly what hypertension is.
4: Well, first of all, uh, a normal blood pressure is approximately 120 over 80, where the top number is the systolic blood pressure. The bottom number is the diastolic blood pressure. And hypertension, or high blood pressure, is defined as when that blood pressure exceeds 140 over 90.
0: Now, let's stop right there and break down exactly what those numbers mean, the dystolic and the systolic.
4: Okay. The systolic, or the uh, the top number, refers to when the heart is actually pumping or squeezing, and that is the highest pressure that is uh, contained within the blood vessels. Uh, That's obtained by using a blood pressure cuff in which the cuff is inflated such that it compresses the blood vessel. The doctor then listens to uh, the artery, and when the first sounds are heard, that's the number that uh, is the top systolic blood pressure, representing the pressure generated when the heart squeezes or contracts. In contrast, the diastolic blood pressure is the pressure in the system when the heart relaxes, and that's the lower uh, number, uh, such as 80 in a normal patient.
0: So there is an average of sorts, you said 80 for the bottom number for most patients, but can it vary based on your size and height and those kinds of things? Exactly,
4: and in fact, um, the blood pressure in an entire population varies very similarly to height or weight, and perhaps 50 years ago. Uh, The definitions of hypertension were were entirely unclear. It was thought that it was just simply uh, like being tall, that your blood pressure tended to be higher than normal. It wasn't clearly defined as a disease that needed to be treated.
0: So your doctor has to tell you what is the standard for you.
4: Well... it is now recognized, given research that, that has been done over the last 20 years, that we now recognize for most patients, say over the age of, of uh, 30 or 40, that when the blood pressure is in excess of 140 for the systolic and 90 for the diastolic, you're at significantly increased risk of several of the, the, the problems that occur from long-standing hypertension, such as heart attacks, strokes, or kidney failure. And that is a level uh, that it's important to start treatment in order to prevent a lot of those end organ damages. So it's quite clear that for most patients, uh, blood pressures in excess of 140 over 90 are problematic and should be treated.
0: I was going to ask you, in fact, what is the direct relationship between hypertension, high blood pressure, and heart failure?
4: Well, uh, high blood pressure, in essence, is the force that, that the heart must uh, work against in order to do its pumping action. And over time, over the course of many years, it de- actually does create something of a strain on the heart and can promote failing of the heart where it doesn't work as efficiently as a pump.
0: But it causes other problems as well, which you just mentioned a couple of.
4: Them. That's correct.
0: So how common is this problem?
4: Well, it's quite common uh, in, in this country. Uh, for example, uh, uh, if you look at, at patients as they uh, grow older, uh, the prevalence of high blood pressure increases such that uh, by the time uh, individuals are over age 65 Well over half of uh, individuals over 65 have high blood pressure, so it's very common.
0: But you preface that by saying, in this country, you don't see that as a trend around the world.
4: Well, that's quite correct. That Much of the uh, prevalence of high high blood pressure relates to various risk factors and habits of lifestyle. And uh, in the Western influence of our diet and our lifestyle, in which we're we're sedentary, we eat too much fat, we have too much salt in our diet, there's a very high prevalence of high blood pressure.
0: Is it pretty much the same in men and women and racial groups?
4: For the most part, all are at risk. However, there are certain groups that are particularly at high risk. For example, uh, African-Americans are particularly high risk of developing high blood pressure. Uh, And quite commonly, as you're aware, many of the individuals over age 65 or over 75 are in fact women and uh, indeed the prevalence is quite high amongst elderly women.
0: Do we know why in those cases?
4: Well, it's multifactorial. Uh, At this point, uh, the commonest forms of of hypertension, we call it essential hypertension or primary hypertension because we don't know the precise cause uh, in 98% of the cases. Uh, However, we do know that there are a number of influences that play a role, such as the salt intake Mm -hmm. uh, ones.
0: The dietary things you mentioned. Exactly. How does, um, why do they call this like the silent killer? There are several diseases that get this silent killer uh, handle, but why is this one called silent?
4: Well, part of the difficulty is that I mentioned the blood pressure tends to to go up as one ages, and so it can be a very insidious uh, process uh, in which you do not develop symptoms Uh, that indicate to you that you have high blood pressure or else the symptoms are rather vague such as a headache or dizziness, very common to people who do not have high blood pressure. So really the only way to detect it is to uh, have your blood pressure checked.
0: And what about stress? We always hear a lot about oh I'm under great stress and people will suggest that that is a, a major factor. Is it?
4: Well, certainly uh, how we respond uh, to our environment is is important uh, in determining what your blood pressure is. And certainly if a patient's quite nervous, they can develop what we call white coat hypertension, meaning when they come to see the doctor and they're anxious, (laughs) that indeed uh, when they inflate that blood pressure uh, uh, cuff that they can in fact find an elevated blood pressure. But when you get that patient in, in calm surrounding circumstances, their blood pressure is actually quite normal. So there are individuals who are somewhat hyper-responsive to their environmental stresses.
0: And lastly, there is some genetic link, though, as we saw with the two brothers. Absolutely. Although they were treated different, differently, there was a link.
4: Yes. Uh, hypertension represents a disease in which the, the genes do inter- interact with, with the environment, and certainly there are clearly predisposing factors that are part of your genetic heritage that make it important. And indeed, if someone has a positive family history of high blood pressure, they're probably particularly at- increased risk of developing it it should be checked
0: all right thank you very much for your comments well we've taken a look at what hypertension is and how it can affect people next we'll ask dr cesar molina what can be done about treatments for high blood pressure and a lot more still ahead on health matters the exercise that can help end your chronic back pain find out what it is when health matters continues Hypertension is a leading cause of heart disease. For free information about the dangers of hypertension and how to prevent it, call Stanford University Medical Center at 1-800-788-9993. That's 1-800-788-9993. We'll repeat this number later in the program. Welcome back to Health Matters. Let's take a look at some other items from the fact file on high blood pressure. Nearly one third of people on hypertension medication report some side effects, but those can often be eliminated by changing those medications. And while a variety of hereditary, lifestyle, and environmental factors contribute to high blood pressure, the underlying cause is unknown in 90% of the cases. This time on Health Matters, we are talking about hypertension. We've seen some of the dangers of high blood pressure, but now it's time to discuss the treatments. In some cases, it's easy to treat. In others, medication is required. The treatments change even within the same family.
3: You've outlived your father already, right? Yeah,
2: I've outlived my father, yes. And it, this hypertension thing, it just runs in the family, and it's, it's something to be aware of, and everybody should be aware of it, and check with their doctors, hopefully they don't have it.
3: Tony Brigado has it, and for the last 23 years, he has taken medication to control his high blood pressure. Tony's brother, Joe, also has it, but he's able to control his hypertension through diet and exercise. The reasons for the difference aren't clear but the important thing is that both brothers are healthy.
4: In most cases, we don't identify a cause for hypertension. We simply have to be content to treat it with the knowledge that treating hypertension can reduce the risk of complications.
0: Joining us here in the Bay Area, Dr. Cesar Molina. He is a cardiologist at Stanford University Medical Center. Doctor, thank you for being here. Talk about how important it is to control hypertension.
5: Well, high blood pressure is uh, very important to control. A couple of things before talking about the control of high blood pressure, I think it is very important uh, to have your blood pressure assessed multiple times with uh, about a two-week intervals before the physician makes a diagnosis of essential hypertension or high blood pressure.
0: You mean whether or not you're, you have a problem case or not, you should go back a couple of times to the doctor? That's
5: correct. Uh, the most important thing, uh, first of all, is to make the correct diagnosis, as uh, Dr. Gibbons mentions, stress or anxiety can elevate the blood pressure, something that we know as white coat syndrome. So it is recommended that the patient with mild or moderate high blood pressure return to the physician's office two or three times before treatment is initiated.
0: Um, how, at what age should a, person, a young person be concerned about this? Or is this something a young person should be aware of?
5: Actually, uh, essential high blood pressure probably begins at, at a young age. And it usually occurs in the post-adolescent years when the blood pressure slowly uh, goes up. So high blood pressure, even though a disease or a problem in the elderly, since, over 65, uh, since over most men over the age of 65 or most women over the age of 65 will have a tendency to high blood pressure, many times it occurs in the uh, post-adolescent years.
0: So at what point do you begin treating it? Would you treat it that early?
5: Yes. The important thing is to decide what kind of treatment. In someone with mild high blood pressure, you have some time to use non-pharmacological means or non-drug means of controlling high blood pressure.
0: And is that, what, diet, those kinds of things?
5: Well, diet is actually very important. And by uh, reduction in the salt intake of the individual, you can have about a 5 to 10 millimeter drop in the blood pressure. But not always, that is not always the case. That is, different people respond differently. So
0: what are some other non-drug treatments?
5: Exercise will also lower the blood pressure. But a very important thing about exercise is that during the exercise process, blood pressure tends to go up. So blood pressure should be done under supervision of a physician.
0: Of course, that's very confusing. At one point, you're saying the blood pressure goes up, but the exercise does help. Um, And would these things help a young person who is dealing with blood pressure issues?
5: That's correct. Okay. Actually, it will not always control the blood pressure, but in many people, like you saw in the Fisher story, uh, there will be normalization of the blood pressure with weight reduction, with the control of the diet, with exercise, and with also other uh, uses of stress-reducing techniques.
0: Is that unusual that in the same family, two people would treat their high blood pressure differently in order to get success, to it is, success?
5: It is not unusual, no. Oh, okay. People respond uh, differently.
0: And basically, in treating hypertension, you look at diet, you look at exercise, what else?
5: Well, you also look at stress. You look at both physical and emotional stress. Physical stress factors are things like excessive nicotine intake, excessive caffeine or alcohol intake. And actually one of the most common causes of reversible high blood pressure in our country is obesity and excessive alcohol intake. With elimination of those two physical stressors, you can in many cases lower the blood pressure.
0: Of course, in dealing with this, you're talking about breaking old habits, bad habits. Do you find that patients have a, great difficult, I mean, have a difficult time in making these adjustments?
5: Well, it depends on the motivation of the patient. I think that uh, realizing that medications are expensive and many of them are associated with side effects or adverse reactions, it is actually easy and inexpensive to try weight reduction and exercise and also stress reduction techniques.
0: If these things don't work, what are the alternatives?
5: Well, medication uh, is the alternative.
0: And once you begin treatment for hypertension, if something is it something that you really have to do for the rest of your life?
5: Well, at least you have to do it for the time being. As you saw in the Fisher story, one of the brothers started on medication as, and as he lost weight, he lost actually 80 pounds, he then was able to get off medication.
0: What about the side effects for those who are on medication? Apparently there are um, many people who have bad reactions.
5: Well, you know, Uh, In the old days, there were very few medications that were available for the treatment of high blood pressure, but now there are many. So if a patient is having a problem with a particular type of medication, there will always be another type of medication that can uh, help the patient and may not lead to side effects. Do
0: you usually have to stay on that the rest of your life?
5: Well, I don't don't like to tell patients that uh, they need to stay on a particular medication for the rest of their lives because things change. Uh, Maybe their habits would change, maybe some of the stress factors, for example, insomnia, sleep deprivation will lead to to elevations in the blood pressure.
0: And lastly, uh, once you have the hypertension under control, do the other problems associated with it tend to subside as well?
5: Yes, not always immediately, but we know that many of the vascular changes that are seen with high blood pressure are reversible, once the blood pressure is controlled.
0: Good, all right, doctor, thank you for your comments. Thanks to both of our doctors today. Stay with us here on Health Matters. We'll be right back. For free information about hypertension, call Stanford University Medical Center at 1-800-788-9993. That's 1-800-788-9993. Parents around the country are starting to reach out and touch their premature infants. They're using a technique known as kangaroo care, and some hospitals now say it plays an essential role in the development of preterm babies. Ellen Lagarde has more.
3: Shamika Murphy will soon spend quality time with her premature twin babies. She disconnects them from the machines and gets back to basics. She knows nothing beats the healing power of a parent's touch, and medical professionals are starting to agree with her. They're encouraging parents to get close to their babies using a technique called kangaroo care.
6: Kangaroo care refers to skin-to-skin contact between the mother or father and their, and their premature infant.
3: Kangaroo care got its name from marsupials, whose infants spend their final stage of development inside a mother's pouch. New father Marvin Patterson is trying kangaroo care for the first time. He lays his son against his chest and wraps his clothes around the baby. Then he lets nature and instinct take over.
6: They tend to mold to the caregiver's um, chest. They tend to position themselves in a way that they can look at the caregiver's face. Sometimes they'll respond to the caregiver's voice, which is not something that you see with infants that are in an isolate.
3: Studies show that kangaroo care infants gain weight faster, maintain stable breathing and heart rates, and cry less. Shamika says kangaroo care helps her as well.
2: It made me get to know my baby. It made him get to know me.
0: This sounds real
3: good. Nurse Cahill says full-term infants also benefit from kangaroo care. This is Alan Lagarde reporting.
0: In other health news, can drinking milk cause fertility problems? Well, Maybe. An international study finds that countries with the largest per capita milk consumption reported the greatest declines in fertility rates. In England, average fertility rates for people in their late 30s dropped 82 percent from the peak rates of the 20-something group. But in Thailand, a country with the low milk consumption, the rates dropped only 26 percent. The link may, and that's may, be traced to galactose, a sugar found in milk. Experts say galactose is toxic to ovarian eggs. And men and women play play by different rules when it comes to weight loss. New science shows that exercise alone can help men drop pounds, but alone it may not help women. Women need to cut calories and increase exercise time if they want to lose weight. Researchers aren't sure why this is true. They say it may have to do with the way women store fat or with hormone differences between the sexes. It's time now for a look at some items making this week's Health Newswire. Protein is an essential part of every good diet. But too much protein can be a bad thing when it comes to cancer risk. Rob Vaughn has that story.
6: It seems you can get too much of a good thing when it comes to protein. Preliminary studies on lab rats are finding a link between high-protein diets and cancerous tumors. The less protein the rats ate, the fewer tumors they got, and the stronger their immune systems became. Researchers don't know if the same is true for humans. Human meat eaters consume three times the protein their bodies need, and vegetarians eat twice as much protein as they need. The right kind of exercise can give you relief from chronic back pain, but you may get even more relief from yoga. Yoga is a restful type of exercise that involves deep stretching activities. Yoga stretches are held for an extended period of time, and doctors say that gives back muscles more of a chance to stretch and reset into a comfortable position. Testing for blood in the stool may not be a very reliable way of finding colon cancer. Research from the Mayo Clinic found that the tests failed to accurately diagnose cancer in 70% of patients studied, and they failed to find precancerous polyps in 90% of the patients. If you're over age 50, ask for a sigmoidoscopy exam, where doctors examine you through a lighted telescope inserted into the colon. That's a more
1: accurate way to detect colon cancer. This is Rob Vaughn reporting for Health Newswire. You're watching Health Matters, the Bay Area's weekly health news magazine. In the weeks ahead, here on Health Matters, is a sore shoulder keeping you from your favorite sport or hobby? You're in good company. Meet a pro baseball player whose injured pitching arm took him out of the lineup.
3: More or less from the the Pete Rose mold that uh, everybody plays in pain, so go ahead and play with it. Over the long haul, hitters started exploiting
1: my weaknesses, and it was due to my shoulder. Learn about the latest treatments that are getting both the pros and amateurs back in the game, and find out what you can do to prevent a shoulder injury in the first place. Next, meet a professional football player who found his toughest enemy not on the playing field, but in his own mind. Lionel Aldrich was fighting schizophrenia and the voices inside his head that told him what to do. Uh, at one time, they told me that my dog was my problem and I should pick him up by his tail and beat his blankety blank head in, and I did that. Um, that's the only violent thing that I, that I did while I was in crisis, but that was an example of how the voices worked. Lionel got help, but many schizophrenics are living life on the streets, alone and mentally ill. We'll tell you why. Also ahead, childhood asthma, parents watching their child fight for breath.
6: The day that they deliver the nebulizer to the home and you see your son on an air compressor, it's terrifying.
1: Learn why it's important to recognize and treat asthma early and find out how you can keep your child's attacks from becoming severe. All this and more in the weeks ahead on Health Matters, where Bay Area viewers turn for medical news and health information.
0: We hope our program has made you aware of the dangers of high blood pressure and help you understand that it can be controlled. I'm Pam Moore. Join us again next time because health matters.
1: Health Matters is brought to you as a community service by the Stanford University Medical Center and Lucille Salter Packard Children's Hospital at Stanford.